welcome to episode 218 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast topic this week, we're going to chat about 21st century storytelling and technology, which has given us a huge variety of media possibilities that are now available from all different channels. So technology and storytelling have always gone hand in hand. The novel has historical roots going back hundreds, maybe even a thousand years. And that, of course, was based on the technology of written language and paper made the novel possible. Huge impact in the 20th century on uh, one of my favorite storytelling media, which is the motion picture, came to be in the 1930s when talkies were you know, all the rage. But the technology actually goes back about four decades before that in the late 1800s. And it took people a while to figure out what to do with the motion picture medium. Thankfully, uh, for me, at least by the 70s, they had definitely figured that out. So there's some wonderful memories of of watching motion pictures and and really getting immersed in uh, stories as varied as, you know, Star Wars or uh, The Godfather. You're so old, John. I am. So, of course, the media have changed over time, and really now video gaming and gaming in general is, is, is a way that people are immersing themselves in, in a variety of stories and being actors in those stories, but really following uh, almost the equivalent of the choose-your-own-adventure uh, novels that I read as a kid, albeit you know a lot more sophisticated and interesting and all-encompassing, but... Nonetheless, uh, video games are, are certainly as big an industry as the motion picture, and uh, a new video game drop is uh, probably more profitable uh, than uh, you know a new motion picture, uh, unless you're talking about maybe a uh, summer blockbuster. <laughs> but the uh, the the video game has really become a a storytelling media uh, for a generation uh, at least of, of people. And now as we approach a whole new set of connected technologies, such as the Internet of Things, virtual reality, augmented reality, and of course, mobile, we're coming across some really interesting ways of uh, creating stories with these new media types. So I wanted to dig into some of those today. Uh, We'll start with, uh, I found very intriguing, the medium of chat fiction, which, Mm -hmm. as you might expect, is about telling a story via SMS, you know, via the the text message, uh, which in a lot of ways reminds me of the Zork uh, games of my childhood, 1980s, telling a story via text. Uh, In in this case, it was, you know, like the terminal (laughs) on a PC. You know, I went into this world of Zork and and really very much enjoyed it. Uh, I I think that teenagers today are enjoying that same kind of narrative interaction, but via their their text message. So I'm pretty sure this medium is not meant for you and me, Dirk. Well, it could be. (laughs) It might not be native to us. Uh, I've seen ads for it um, without understanding it. And, uh, you know, sort of based on the research for this show, I'm going to actually check it out. Um, I wish I had read about it a couple weeks before because I would have already checked it out in time for the show. But it's a good example of, um, you know, innovating for new forms, innovating for for new mediums. 
Um, I don't know to what degree it will appeal to me or not, but it's uh, clever. Part of what I wanted to highlight here is, you know, we were talking about earlier the uh, motion picture really took a while to develop uh, as the uh, accompanying technologies transformed it from moving pictures, which could be, you know, anything extremely dull, to a really well-crafted um, immersive experience that, you know, we uh, can view today. So even though we're at sort of the early stages of a lot of these technologies, uh, I, I think we're seeing the seeds being planted of what will be, you know, the the next great storytelling medium. So I'm not going to place any bets. And, and, and certainly the novel, I think, will persist, at least for the time being, um, as, as a, a great storytelling medium. Um, in the same way, the motion picture, I think, uh, will, will persist as well. But what, what is sort of the next uh, great thing? Um, you know, one possibility is, uh, you know, as we see uh, virtual reality headsets start to become popular, uh, you, you, you could see, uh, and, you know, they're releasing movies for these, uh, these VR headsets. You, you could see this, um, uh, this, this kind of... Um, storytelling manner becoming popular, although it, it just seems so foreign and um, uh, sort of isolating the the technology to me like the but but maybe that's the 21st century novel. I, I don't know. Dirk, it, it, you know as as you've seen the the VR technology develop, you know, do you think that that that's the way it's headed or or do you think the social awkwardness of, of the medium is just dooming it from being a, a mass media success. I think the social awkwardness stuff is going to get worked out as form factors shrink and get to the point of being like glasses. And I think there will be some clever things done around shared environmental space and sort of a blending of virtual and augmented realities to, to leverage the best of VR as well as some um, physical interaction and touching and um, interacting with another person. My biggest concern about these technologies and a lot of the newer storytelling media are what I'm going to call the demands on the user. And I was thinking about this in a very different context. I had the opportunity uh, just last week to talk with Mo Turkington. And Mo, um, wonderful, wonderful game designer who uh, is, is the I think, the brainchild behind and the designer of some of the games that are called the Warbirds games. And they're basically, uh, they fall into a category they're called LARPs, live action role-playing games. And they're all telling very feminist stories of uh, women who, who are in very difficult circumstances. And you're playing this as a group, and each of you is taking on the role of one of these, these characters, these protagonists. And you're advocating for your own perspective, which uh, is going at odds with the perspectives of other people. But the long and the short of it is um, the, the experience of playing this game, which sounds amazing and like it would be an incredible experience, um, is is all about like getting into some of the hardest emotional stuff and getting into really nasty conflict with other people in you know I'll, I'll use the word play acting but um, I think it's serious ways like you're really embodying these people and I came away thinking I'd love to try that and I can't imagine doing that regularly um, it's the demanding nature of it from from a physical perspective of bringing your body into it from an emotional perspective of exploring these really interesting things is tough. And when I think of VR, I think in very similar lines and circumstances. If I read a novel, um, you know, reading a novel certainly from my mind's perspective is, is taxing, I would say. It's 
Um, it's tiring, not unpleasant, but you're working your little mind out. Um, you know, video games in the traditional concept, you know, I mean, your thumbs might be working quite a bit and you might be getting a, a similar sort of mind work as reading a novel, but it's somewhat limited. It's not delving into exploring the emotional boundaries of yourself. It's not delving into physically, kinetically bringing your entire body into it. It's, it's not delving into um, different types of interpersonal, whether it be physical, emotional, mental interactions with one or many people. Like, to me, it's a totally different thing. And I don't know, maybe I'm old, right? I mean, maybe the 22-year-old out there is like, oh, yeah, I'll be doing that every all night, every night. Um, but it, it doesn't feel that way to me. You know, it feels, I mean, look, going back to when I was young, like going to a rave or something, I wouldn't want to do that every night. Like I would do that on the weekend, a night or two. It was freaking awesome. But then I need to, to like get ready for the next time again. You know, I don't want to be doing that all the time. Reading novels, watching movies. I mean, that's something that can kind of routinely be part of my life every day. Some of these newer, more demanding forms of entertainment, I don't see that being the case even when I was 22. Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting take on it. I, I think, um, yeah, there's definitely the possibility of these immersive stories being taxing in ways that are just not ready for emotionally, you know, sort of in the same way that we're used to processing a novel or a, a movie. You know, there's some other technologies that I think are worth noting. They're not because they're storytelling media right today, but they have the potential to be. And I think connected environments are going to provide a powerful palette for whoever can sort of figure out how to tell a story that way. And what I mean by that is as we start connecting our workspaces, portions of our home, uh, we're going to have all kinds of connected devices uh, that in, in theory could be accessed by the artist, the storyteller. You know, I, I can imagine uh, an Internet of Things uh, haunted house story connected to my to my Amazon Echo and, you know, um, Internet of Things connected lighting and, and all those things around Halloween time that that uh, would probably uh, scare the crap out of me. But but I could see how you could use all those elements from, you know, like horrible sounds of squeaky floors being projected throughout your house uh, or, or screams or, you know, lights coming on at, at, at weird hours. I, I think by creating the possibility for manipulating the spaces that we reside in uh, and, and making those digitized in some way opens up um, a pretty interesting area, you know, in, in addition to, you know, virtual reality that could to your point, be very emotionally fraught if you're not ready for that. But the, this idea of connected environments as storytelling palette, what's what's your take on that, Dirk? It, it seems like that would be both highly engaging and highly intrusive. Highly intrusive indeed. I, you know, I, what does that look like? I mean, if, if I'm, so think, I mean, more and more people are working from home, right? I mean, you're at home and you're working, you're focused. You certainly don't want these interesting, surprising stories to be interrupting that and blowing up your day. So there need to be some kind of boundaries. Okay, so there's some notion of turning it on, turning it off, fine. If I'm turning it on, um, I think, I, I don't know if this is statistically true, but I'll say it, 
most people um, don't live alone. They share their space with one or more people in some configuration. And so what does turning it on mean? Does that mean that now this entire environment is going to be energized in this way that impacts all of the people in it? Um, you know, what is the relationship from my bedroom to the bathroom to the kitchen? Um, and how, you know, it's, we're nowhere near um, solving the workflows around that for, for different people sharing spaces. Um, so I, I kind of shrug. I'm like, yeah, hey, sounds cool. Like there's a, there's a big palette there. There's a lot that can be done. But I mean, there, there's very simple blocking and tackling things about it that we're nowhere near solving to the point where it's like this seamless, interesting, integrated part of our lives, even though the technology, frankly, is rather simple at the end of the day, that kind of simple technology isn't something that gets solved well uh, to this point anyway. Yeah, that's that's always a a tricky part of this this process. I mean, a few weeks ago, we discussed the advances of the brain computer interface, right? So Facebook's um, uh, division looking into ways that you could use your mind to uh, you know, type <laughs> whatever your status is into Facebook, uh, kind of scary. But you you could think of that as as another frontier, right? Uh, the brain computer interface, um, and and if we remember that technology has always gone hand in hand with storytelling. So you look at these different technologies, whether it's virtual reality or the uh, the uh, chat fiction or um, you know my my ludicrous idea of you know an IoT story or you know the brain computer interface and just know that th that's a creative palette there. Um, there are so many uh, media being introduced at the same time right now. I'm sure many will fall away, but uh, it is it is a curious thing because by the time we work out how to tell these. Uh, these stories using these new media, I'm sure there will be something, you know, a more compelling media ready for us to play with. Uh, regardless, I'm, I'm excited about these, uh, although at the end of the day, I don't know if I'm going to be an author for, you know, chat fiction or virtual reality or, or just a, uh, uh, an observer. Uh, either way, I find it exciting. Yeah, I hope the experimenting continues and, and progresses, but it's just like with virtual reality, I'm not a customer yet. It's still too clunky, too clumsy. It's not there. I need it to be there for it to be relevant to me at this point in my life. There's there's plenty of, of things that are well-designed and well-tuned to, to fit into how I live and what I desire. And um, the new emerging technologies of entertainment have an awfully long way to go for, for me, at least. Very true. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we are mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk. You can follow me on Twitter at Meyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 218 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.